Welcome to the second episode of Nat Bar Brews. My name is Andy and I'm a home brewer and beer lover based here in Cardiff in sunny Wales in the UK. Nant Bar Brews is the name of my tiny kitchen-based brewery. We heard a lot about microbreweries in the first episode. Well, I guess I am a nanobrewery. That's how small it is. The aim of this podcast is to have great conversations inspired by beer with people who are passionate about beer and do all this, ideally, over a beer. It's episode two and things have started to go wrong already. I was supposed to be talking uh, to a guy called Sai and for whatever reasons, I don't think it's Sai's fault. I just think it's communication issues and I know he was ill as well. That hasn't happened. So I will chase up Sai. Hopefully he's still up for coming on and that'll be a future episode. So Sai, hope you're out there. Check your emails, get well soon, whatever. It'd be great to speak to you. One thing I want to do with this podcast is talk to my friends, anyone who's interested in coming on the podcast. If you're prepared to have a beer with me and talk beer, then that's fine. I'm happy to talk to you. But I haven't got a guest this week, but I still want to do an episode. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a test run of what I'm calling the beer questionnaire. It's 10 questions that I can ask anyone and everyone about beer, and we should get some good stories. And I'm going to test it out on myself, and I'm going to have some fun with my own voice, because it will get quite boring if you just listen to me ask myself questions. I mean, you know, they're self-indulgent, but that's taking it to a new level. Well, I suppose it's still going to be equally self-indulgent. I'm just going to play around with some voice effects to so you can tell the difference between the questions and the answers. So here we go. Let's let's have a test. So uh, I could pitch myself up and it would sound like this. Or I could pitch myself down and it could sound like this. So uh, I think I'm going to go with this one. Right. So here we go. Let's start the beer questionnaire. The interviewer is me and the guest is me. Here we go. So Andy, thanks for coming on the beer questionnaire. That's that's fine. I'm I'm happy to be here. Question number one: What was the last beer you had, and why? The last beer I had was in preparation to do my interview with with Sai, which then didn't happen. And because I usually would have a beer with this with the person who I'm interviewing, I'd opened a beer in preparation, and then it didn't happen. I mean, I drank the beer anyway. But the beer that I drank there was one of my own creations. As I discussed on the first episode, I'm so lazy that I now just name my beers with a single letter. And this one was called M, which stands for mixed bag, effectively. I had a spare bag of of kind of base malt, enough of that to make a beer. And then I had some specialised malts as well, some crystal malt, some chocolate malt, some black malt. And these are grains that have been burnt effectively or toasted so that they give you some color and they give you some taste um the kind of things you use in stouts because you can only order them in a certain size of bag i had some left over so what i did was in the classic tradition of recipe making just threw some stuff in in about the right proportions and see see what came out now this is before i introduced temperature control into my fermentation so it was left to the wilds of the Cardiff climate and it ended up tasting quite weird. People who tasted it, some really like it and it, it I mean it has a lot of flavours going on. But what it turned out like was I guess a cross between a bitter and a mild and maybe with some elements of maybe a red ale in it. Like it was a there was a bit of a spicy tinge to it. 
Anyway, I so I had the last M. I'd saved the last M, and I'd had this whole thing about how I was going to describe it to Sai because Sai is a uh, he's a beer critic who writes in a very poetic way, and I designed this whole way that I was going to describe it. Anyway, that never happened. Don't worry, I'll pick another beer to have with Sai when I eventually get to speak to him. But that was the last beer I had, and it was in preparation for an interview that never happened. Question two: What was the first beer you ever had? So you know. Anytime anyone's going to ask the, answer this question, it's probably going to involve underage drinking, which we don't condone, uh, but it is something that happens. So I think I probably had my first beer, I think, when I was 13. Uh, I was on holiday in Portugal, family holiday. We were with some family friends and the son of that family. So the guy who I was going off and playing with all the time, he was a few months older than me. I think he was maybe the year above me as well. And suddenly, after we'd gone and played tennis in the sun, as we normally did, suddenly he was like, let's go and buy a beer. And I was like, okay. So we bought, he bought a bottle of Superbock, which you can still get. It's quite a nice beer, actually. It's just a kind of standard continental lager, uh, Portuguese lager. We drank that. Of course, it was warm and it tasted bizarre. I wouldn't say it tasted horrible. I can't remember hating it. I just remember thinking this tastes weird and, you know, usually you would drink like a can of Fanta or or a Sprite and you drink it cold. And I was like, well, it doesn't taste very nice warm. So I guess I already had that instinct. But yeah, that was the first beer I ever had. Question three. What is your favourite beer? Well, I think that changes all the time now because I brew my own beer and it's just fascinating when you make your own beer that every beer you make kind of becomes your next favourite beer. Some ones that I really like, I love Anchor Steam beer. So that's from the Anchor Brewery in San Francisco. And I guess I came across that because when I first started home brewing, I wanted to see, I wanted to try all the different styles I could brew. And I didn't have any way of controlling temperature when I was fermenting. And I knew that meant I couldn't really brew a lager. From what I could read on the forums, if you did a steam, a steam ale, uh, then that's kind of as close as you could get. And the story goes that in San Francisco, you know, they did, before they had proper refrigeration, they would leave the the vats of beer up on the roof where it was a bit cooler in the kind of cool night air and you could kind of see the steam coming off it or something like that. And that's why it's called steam beer. But it's like a halfway house between a lager and an ale. That's really nice. I grew up in London and Fuller's was a big brewery there. Growing up in West London, Ealing... Fuller's was our local brewery and London Pride was their signature beer. So I always have a special place in my heart for London Pride. It's funny, I guess my favourite beers are linked to places I've been and and times of my life. I lived in Australia for a while when I was a student for nine months. And I remember really enjoying drinking VB, Victoria Bitter and Carlton Cold. So these were two mass-produced mainstream lagers from Victoria Bitter Brewery, our local brewery. But I guess just linked to the experiences and, you know, the Aussies know how to drink their beer nice and cold. Uh, used to get them in these lovely long, uh, big, tall bottles that we called long necks. And yeah, Carlton Draft, not Carlton Cold. Yeah, Carlton Cold was another one. But Carlton Draft, which was like the less famous version of a Victoria Bitter. It was like their less, less popular brand, but I think a bit older. And I think it tasted a bit more ailey than... VB was a standard lager, kind of crisp, very pale. And I think Carlton Draft was a little, had a little bit more flavour to it. 
And so that's that's always been one of my favourite beers. Question four. What is the worst beer you've ever had? I mean, I've had a lot of bad beers. I still think some of the the ways in which beer is kept in pubs, certainly in the UK, often leaves a lot to be desired. And I think it's really important that if you have a beer, certainly uh, on draft, a cask beer, and it doesn't taste very good, you must tell the people behind the bar. And every time I've done that, every time I've taken a, a pint back, they've always replaced it without any questions at all. They've always wanted to know what's wrong with it. Most of the pubs that I've been into, certainly in the UK, they really want to serve you a good pint of beer. And if there's something wrong with it, then they want to know about it. So, I mean, I've had lots of bad pints where it's been off or it's too old, uh, lost its uh, conditioning. But I think the worst worst beer I've ever had was... I, I mean, I don't like Carlsberg. And I think a few years ago, I bought a four pack of Carlsberg and there was in my opinion there was something wrong with it it didn't it tasted really horrible now that I know a bit more about the brewing process I think it had some diacetyl compounds in it which are very hard to get rid of in in lagers and one thing that I've come to realize through doing home brewing is what the mainstream brewers do especially the ones making the big mass-produced lagers they've actually got quite a hard job in that they've got to keep that taste consistent once you know what a Carlsberg or a Foster's or a Carling, once you know what that tastes like, they've got to keep that tasting the same, no matter what the ingredients, you know, the, it's a natural product. Beer is made from natural products. Yes, you can keep the water pretty consistent by making additions and looking into the chemistry of that, but that will be the water will be different in every brewery. And then the grain itself, that will vary due to the weather conditions under which it was grown, all that kind of stuff. So it's very hard for these brewers and they have so many processes to keep the beer a consistent flavour. But yeah, this kind of Carlsberg just tasted horrible to me. So it tasted like vegetable which is an off flavour that you can get in beer. So I actually went to, through the process of sending it back. I think I sent them an email and they sent me back a jiffy bag that I could put one of the cans in with my receipt. I sent them off. And then I got, and I was, I was hoping to be honest for them to just say, yeah, this doesn't taste right here. Have a voucher for, for four free beers. What I got back instead was a letter saying we've analyzed this and it falls within the boundaries of what we consider the Carlsberg taste to be. So I guess this is what they have to do is they have to draw a line somewhere and say there will be some natural variation in the, in the taste up to this point is okay. And beyond this point, is not okay and they didn't think that that tasted off but i've never bought a carlsberg again and they didn't give me any free vouchers either so i'm gonna put that down as the worst beer i've ever had question number five people often have a beer after a momentous occasion tell us about one for you well this one's top of my mind because i've just run the cardiff half marathon and definitely enjoyed uh, a couple of beers after that and i think that feeling that you you have a beer after you've done something like a a marathon it does taste different it that sense of achievement is something and it goes back to my time in australia i remember at the time vb ran a ad campaign saying vb for a hard-earned thirst and you know they're trying to capture that moment where you've had a hard day at work or for whatever reason you've tried your best you've worked hard and i always think about that scene in um the shawshank redemption where they um they they have a beer. I think I always forget the names of the characters, but um, 
the the guy who kind of uh, the the main guy who manages to escape. Um, sorry if I've just given it away. <laughs> anyway, him, Andy Dufresne. That's his name. So Andy Dufresne, he does the, a favour to some guards. I think he helps them with some accounting or something. And they give him a favour back. And he chooses for his mates who are working, retiring this roof, to have a bucket of cold beers. And they sit there and they sit in the sunshine on the roof, having worked hard on this, sealing this roof or putting tar on the roof. And they enjoy a cold beer. And I think that captures that, that moment as well. So anyway, I ran two marathons back in 2009, 2010. And after the one in Dublin, we went for a Guinness. And that is the best Guinness I've ever had in my life. And it just was, I guess, the romance of being in the birthplace of Guinness. It was a well-poured Guinness. It was obviously a well-looked-after one. But the fact that it was this first pint having run the marathon and, and we worked hard on our training, we'd run a good race... And there'd definitely be some moments in the training where I was thinking, it'll all be worth it when I can have that pint of Guinness when I finished. And it was brilliant. So that's a beer after a momentous occasion. Question six. Tell us about somewhere cool you had a beer. All right, this is going to get name droppy. This is going to get name droppy. So I used to work at Radio 1 and I used to organise some film interviews and I was producing a show with a presenter called Vernon Kay. Uh, had a great time working on that show and one of the guests that I'd lined up for us was Guy Ritchie. Uh, he had a film out that he directed and we went and did an interview with him and he suggested that we do it at his pub, The Punch Bowl. Now I don't know if he's still got that pub, he used to be quite famous that that was Guy Ritchie's pub. Anyway we went there and I think we went there at 12 o'clock or something like that. It wasn't, It wasn't busy it was just him. He said, oh, let's go upstairs. And they had a functional room upstairs that no one was using. So we did the interview. Afterwards, he said, oh, you know, we stay for a drink. And we thought oh, it was rude not to. So, yeah, me, Vernon and Guy sat there and had a, had a pint together. That was somewhere cool. I had a beer with some cool people. And then this is one of my regrets is he then said to us, he said, oh, look, you know, I fancy I fancy a few beers now. Should we, you know, do you want to stay here and we'll we'll get on it? And I was very good and I was very, very professional. And I said, no, look, I've got to get back to the office. And I, you know, I didn't think I could just take the rest of the day off to have a few beers with Guy Ritchie. But I wish I'd done that because I think that would have been a great, it would have been interesting to see where that afternoon went. And I think if I'd have said yes, I think Vernon would have said yes. And I think the three of us would have had a few beers with Guy Ritchie. And I think that would be an interesting story. Anyway, there you go. That was somewhere cool I had a beer. Question seven. Have you ever visited a brewery? If so, tell us a good story from one of your visits. I have visited many breweries and not as many as Micah from the first episode. But I visit. I always take the opportunity to visit a brewery if I can. And I'm going to be going to Dorset in a few weeks. And I'm going to be visiting Palmer's Brewery in Bridport, which is one of the few remaining Victorian breweries where it's all kind of gravity fed and they've got a big tower that they... Uh, deliver the grain to the top at and then it as you go down the tower the brewing process takes place it's all gravity fed so i'm really looking forward to seeing that but the best brewery visit i ever did was a, a friend of mine called eric uh who hopefully will come on the podcast at some point he, he loves his beer he 
somehow had this in with a guy who was keeping the Young's Brewery going. So Young's is a big brewery in Wandsworth in London. The t- I guess the two big London brewers were Young's and and Fuller's. Fuller's in Chiswick and Young's in Wandsworth. And had this huge site where they'd been brewing for over 100 years. Eventually, they sold that site and it's been redeveloped into flats. But between the time that it had been sold, so they'd stopped brewing there and they got bought, I think, by a brewery called Wells, which then brewed out uh, maybe out in Kent or somewhere like that. But on the old site, this guy, I can't remember his name. I'd love to get him on the podcast. He was one of the technicians there at the brewery and he somehow managed to keep brewing going on that site so that the run of brewing continued even while they were still working out how to uh, dismantle the site and while the new buildings were getting planning approved all this took years he kept brewing on that site going and he kept the strain of Young's yeast going by continuously brewing every week and Eric somehow knew this guy and so we got invited to a brewery tour and a tasting session at the old Young's Brewery. But the old Young's Brewery that was now a building site and the old tasting room was still there. And he kind of took us with torches through the the disused factory. A lot of the old stuff was still there. The old brewing vats, the big steam engine that used to drive it all. And we saw all this on this kind of unofficial tour. And then we went back to the tasting room and he had obviously done a brew that week because he did one every week. He said, you know, I've done this brew now. I'm not allowed to to sell it for kind of legal reasons, but, you know, I am allowed to do these tours. Uh, and, you know, now the b and drinking. So, you know, drink up. And, you know, we did. <laughs> it was lovely beer. But that was an incredible experience. And I guess that's one of the early exposures i had to the the passion that a lot of people involved in beer really show yeah he was passionate enough to keep that brewery going and i think i hope now i would like to go back there and have a look the plan was always that there would be a microbrewery on site and that that strain of yeast and that brewing tradition would have continued all the way through from the old youngs all the way through into this microbrewery so i'll have to go and find out if that's happened and i'd love to get that guy on the pod Question eight, tell us about a pub you like and why you like it. Well, I'll tell you about a pub here in Cardiff. It's called The Albany and it's in Roth, which is just down the road from where I live. And it's an old school Brains pub. Brains is the big brewer in Cardiff, has been for many, well, over 100 years. And it's an old school Victorian pub where... They haven't really mucked around with it too much. So it's one of these pubs that's got many rooms with the bar in the middle. And so you've got like the lounge or the saloon bar. And then out the back, they've got another area where they could put on live music or they have big screens for for the sport. And then they've got a garden outside. And it's a community pub as well. It's on a corner of a street of terraced houses in amongst many streets like that. And you go in there and it's just friendly. It's the pub where... You feel like you want to talk to people, even if you don't know anyone in there. And I was introduced to to it by a couple of friends in Cardiff, and we just went along one night and, and did the pub quiz. And we'd never been in there before, but we were treated like, like locals. And I still love the fact that you could go in there and spend, you know, about £3, £3.50 on a pint of locally brewed bitter 
um, you know, a sessionable bitter. Brains bitter is around three and a half percent. Got SA, which no one really knows what that stands for locally. They sometimes call it skull attack, but that's coming in at about four percent, I think. And then they've got a few, Rev James, which is a, a more stronger ale. It's a special atmosphere that place, and I feel like pubs like that won't be around forever. And I think places like that you have to support with your custom in order to make sure it stays there. Question number nine, what's the worst? I've got the same question twice. What's the worst beer you've ever had? No, I'm not going to do that again. So this has become a nine question questionnaire now instead of ten. It shows you the amount of prep that goes into this podcast. Question ten, also known as question nine. I'm going to have to come up with a new question nine for the next time I do this. Question 10, you're on a beer podcast. Tell us a good story from your life that is in some way related to beer. Well, I'll tell you how I got into home brewing, which is during lockdown, not able to leave the house really or at all. And we realised that our garage was still stuffed full of boxes from when we moved in here. Sunny day, so let's get all the boxes, put them out outside the garage in the open air so we can see them all. Um, instead of having to kind of put one on top of the other to try and get to the one underneath. And let's have a look. Let's see what we've got, because we'd kind of forgotten what we got. Found a box full of books, and I found this book. It was about brewing, and it had a sticker on it, which was, I recognised the name of the sticker. It was a, a pharmacist. I recognised the name because it was the name of a guy who's famous local character who used to coach at the cricket club. He'd done it for decades you know I used to play cricket when I was younger and anyone that had played cricket in my generation would recognize this guy's name and he ran a chain of chemists and this was one of his chemists so I immediately remembered that and then I remember that I'd gone in there because I'd seen this chemist's name and I'd gone in to see if that guy was still around you know when I was much older just to thank him for introducing me to cricket because it's something that I've gone on to love for many years Uh, he wasn't there but I think it was one of his relatives that was there as well as being a chemist they had a little kind of side thing going on where they sold home brewing equipment and I think I thought well I want to support this shop in some way what can I buy so I bought this book and it turns out that it's an absolute classic called How to Brew by John Palmer and it's effectively the bible the guidebook on how to be a home brewer and I read it in lockdown and I thought I'll give this a go so I ordered some equipment probably about 100 quid's worth of equipment that's all you've got to spend to get going and I gave it a go and I found it to be the most incredible hobby great for lockdown but it's one that I've continued ever since because you make something I'm a creative person and I enjoy the creative process but I also like things to have a point and when you spend a few hours brewing you know a brew night might take you four or five hours You want to come out of that with something. And what you come out with is a lot of beer. I'm also quite a skinflint. I don't like spending money. I like getting good value. So you you make incredibly cheap beer. You know, it ends up being about 50p a pint or something like that. Sometimes not even that. Also teaches you a lot about patience because you spend those five hours on the brew night making the beer. But then you've got to wait a couple of weeks for it to ferment. And you still don't know if it tastes any good. And then you can taste it before you've carbonated it, but it's still not going to taste like proper beer. So then I've just started kegging and and you then would probably force carbonate it. But when you're still putting it in bottles, you're naturally carbonating it. So you're adding a sugar solution and then the yeast that's 
left in the fermented beer there'll be a small amount left that then feeds on the sugar creates the carbon dioxide but because you've sealed it in a bottle with a proper cap one of those ones that you have to prize off with a bottle opener because you've sealed it in like that and the bottle and the cap can withstand pressure then the co2 created by the yeast puts the bubbles in the beer but you've got to wait another couple of weeks for that to happen so it's an exercise in patience and then when you finally do get to taste your beer even if it tastes quite odd like my m brew did you're still very proud of it and you've still made something that you can share with your friends and then what's really interesting is if you then leave it even longer stick it somewhere cold and dark and wait a few months it'll taste even better usually so yeah that's how i got into home brewing was just emptying out random boxes from the garage and finding by pure chance i had bought a legendary book about home brewing and that's what got me into it right so i have completed the beer questionnaire the one that was supposed to have 10 questions in fact I had nine because there was a repeat in there <laughs> uh, anyway there you go and i've been my own guest which is quite bizarre but i have some really interesting bids in for interesting people who will come on the podcast but i just wanted to get an episode out because i didn't want it to be one of those podcasts that dies after one episode and this bit at the end where i'm just talking for a bit at the end uh, my brother-in-law ben was was very keen to point out that i needed a bit at the end he wasn't happy that the first podcast just ended when i had finished the interview with micah he said you've got to have a bit at the end so this is the bit at the end for you ben I said to him, I don't really like the bits at the end because all you get is the person self-promoting going, here's my Instagram, here's my website, here's my all this kind of stuff, you know, like and subscribe and follow. But there you go. If you can't beat them, join them. So if you do like the podcast, subscribe to it. Tell other people about it. Get other people involved. And if you'd like to be on the podcast, then get in touch with me. I'll give you my gmail address so andy taylor movies all one word all lowercase andy taylor movies at gmail.com as i said i used to work not in the film industry but i used to book some film guests so that's why i have an old gmail address that is andy taylor movies at gmail.com but i'm happy to give that one out if you are happy to have a conversation with me over a beer about beer if you have some link to beer then come on the podcast. I'd love to speak to you because it is just about having interesting conversations about beer. So that is the end of episode two. I don't know who will be on episode three, but there will be another episode coming in a few weeks. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye.